And now that I'm even saying the words penetrates me in such a way because that is a message that I didn't even know I was believing. That's a phrase that I didn't even know was imprinted on every way that I experienced the world. So the way I went through relationships, the way I went through um, encounters, the way that I went through, you know, things people said to me, things that I did myself, every message around me from the time that I was even baking in my mother's belly is you are not safe. You're listening to the Experience Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Ajene Gaylord, and I endeavor to educate, encourage, and empower women to embrace emotional healing and eradicate the stigma of mental health in the body of Christ. On this episode, I continue our conversation on freedom and I share more about why I had difficulty resting, relaxing, and receiving. So stay tuned. It's interesting that you said relax, rest, and receive because I know for myself, that has been very, very challenging and difficult for me. I had a hard time with rest and relaxation. I'm very tense Uh, I can be very intense (laughs) Um, and I've noticed that I have a higher stress level than the average person, not because of necessarily things happening around me, but for whatever reason. um, And I do think I'm beginning to understand some of those reasons. I have had a heightened awareness of danger, of threat. And because of that, I don't tend to be relaxed, laid back. I'm always on guard. That's what I'll say. So I think what I'm learning is that, uh, of course, with the uh, trauma research that I do, um, the more I learn about trauma and the stress response system, the central nervous system and our uh, sympathetic nervous system's reaction, and then the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest part, which is the part that's supposed to calm down everything after any stressful event occurs, that when you have childhood trauma, developmental trauma is another word for it, then those systems become overwhelmed. And what trauma does is that it transforms the normal processes and systems within the body and the mind. And now you are almost always coming from that threat space. So we'll talk more about this on another show. when We actually deal with trauma versus stress because trauma and stress are not the same thing, but we often use those words interchangeably as if they are, Mm -hmm. but stress is normal. Acute stress is just what it is. It's just a moment of an event that causes temporary stress, whether emotionally or physically, but then that is supposed to subside. And then the system is supposed to go back to homeostasis or back into balance. What happens when you have trauma is that it isn't just stress. It is actually an event that overwhelms the system. And when the system becomes overwhelmed, it does not retreat back to balance or homeostasis. It actually retreats back to a baseline that's always going to function from that trauma state. So that means it's almost like every time you have a traumatic incident, whether emotionally or physically, the level of stress, like your stress meter 
rises and then that becomes the new place of homeostasis for you, which is not normal, mm. which is not mm. balanced, which is overwhelming. And that is me. <laughs> mm. I have been this heightened level of threat tolerance, heightened level of pain, heightened level of stress, always aware of the danger. And that is something that through the physical illnesses, through the pain physically, through the emotional pain and dis-ease has exposed those traumatic instances that led to that. And that's what has to be uncovered and healed. So there's a lot of methods to that in the secular world. There's things called somatic experiencing or body mind work where you kind of go through these different exercises and therapies in the Christian experience. That's usually called like inner healing, um, contemplative prayer, things like that, where you really ask the Holy Spirit to guide you through those moments in time where you had the emotional distress or the trauma or the event so that the Holy Spirit can reveal it so that it can be healed. Because what happens in the brain is that the brain can rewire itself, right? As the mind begins to think on the memory, then the mind can make a new meaning from that memory and actually repair that damage and actually take you back down to the proper foundation of, of homeostasis, so to speak. So there's a whole thing we'll talk about later on. But when I think about my own story and I think about how much I've spent so much energy focused on the pain of my story, I kind of missed a lot of the pleasure in my story because the focus has been on getting over the pain and I missed how much God has been so gracious, even in the midst of the pain to bring about great pleasure in how I've related to him, how I've grown and matured, how I've developed great relationships with other godly people, how I am now able to look back on some painful moments and still appreciate what came from it instead of how much it hurt that hasn't come easily. And it's come through many, many years of reflection and prayer and counseling and processing to get to the point of understanding. I had control over that part. I may not have had control over what happened to me, especially as a child, especially in my family of origin, but I have control over how I look upon it and what kind of meaning I make of it now. But it wasn't easy to do at first. It's taken time to find a place of safety in order to be even be able to examine these things and to, and to begin to expose some of these things. Because for me, the things that I endured as a child, and now even thinking back to the things that I endured as an infant, um, I'll tell, you know, a couple of the stories here now. I remember these are stories that I'm hearing from my mother who's sharing with me as a young child, you know, a teenager, young adult. And these are stories I've heard most of my life. The very first story is when she was pregnant with me, she got into a car accident. I think it was someone who hit her from behind. And I remember her, you know, sharing the story of the moment that it occurred that she got hit by the car from the, from behind in her vehicle. And I think she hit her chin on the steering wheel. So her face was bleeding and she got out of the car and a good Samaritan type person came to try to assist and help, you know, and obviously she's visibly pregnant. So she shares this story with me as long, you know, as far back as I can remember that, 
I was, she was pregnant with me and she had this event. She had this stressful event, which could be categorized as a trauma. Mm -hmm. And that was one thing that I recall. And later on in the show, I'll talk more about what can happen with the mother's stress response system, how that impacts the developing baby and all the things. I'll get into those technical things later, but I just want to stick with the story for now. So the other thing that I remember her telling me was that on the day of my birth, that there was a crisis and that the cord was wrapped around my neck. And so this is back in the 70s, late 70s. And so the medical process for doing this, you know, they didn't do a lot of C-sections back then. They did do them, but not nearly as frequent as they do today. And so with all of that stress going on, there had to be some intervention that occurred to try to get the cord from around my neck and all those things. So this is a story that I hear told to me. So on the day of my birth, before I could even come into the world, I'm being suffocated. You know, the life is before I can even take my first breath. It felt like the life was going to be taken out of me. And then the other story has to do with me being dropped on my head as a newborn infant by a friend of hers. And they used to tell the story and laugh and joke about it. You know, no harm, no foul. Just kind of share. Oh, nay, you got dropped on your head. You know, when you were a baby, that's why you're X, Y, Z. That was their way of kind of poking fun at the things that were uh, foreign or awkward or strange. If they felt like I was weird or dense or I wasn't intelligent, then, oh, it's because you got dropped on your head when you were a baby. So they tell this story. And so I do understand the negative connotation that comes with that. And that's why the same way in which they were joking about it, you know, my mother, my family, this friend makes it that much more devastating because of the impact that it had on my physical body, but then hearing the message later. Right. Not only did the physical action cause damage, right? Cause my stress response, obviously, because the body, you know, God created our bodies to survive and protect themselves. So our bodies are going to do all kinds of things to protect themselves. So I'm sure at however many weeks old that I was, there was some type of system reaction to that. Right. And so in that same physical pain and that same physical reaction, the emotion had the same type of reaction, right? Mm. In both instances where the physical or emotional, there was an injury. So whether it was words that injured me or the actual physical falling on my head, and I don't know whether or not I was taken to the doctor for examination or whether there was a bump that formed or ice was put, I have no, those details were never given. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I think that even part of my young mind trying to protect itself from what I was feeling from being told this story blocked out maybe some of the details. Right. It wasn't until more recently in my healing journey that I even made the connection to that as trauma to my not even born yet body, to my being born body, and then only being here for a short time body. Like, I'm not even fully developed. I don't have eyes open, awake, and looking around and observing the world yet. Like, I am literally brand new, baking in the oven, so to speak, and yet had experienced physical trauma to my body that I believe has contributed to a lot of what I'm experiencing today. That the more I learn about the nervous system, the more I learn about healing, the more I learn about the great, unique and 
wonderful way that God created our bodies, the more I make the connection to, oh my goodness, when those things occurred, they put an imprint of trauma on me and it reset my level of safety. I'm not even born yet. And I'm experiencing this, you know, tragic car accident situation. I'm trying to come into the world and literally have my life being choked out of me. I'm here just a few weeks and then I get dropped on my head, you know, because they joked about the fact that it was on my head. And mm-hmm. those things happening to my body made my body think it's not safe in here. It's not safe anywhere. You are not safe. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm even saying the words, penetrates me in such a way because that is a message that I didn't even know I was believing. That's a phrase that I didn't even know was imprinted on every way that I experienced the world. So the way I went through relationships, the way I went through um, encounters, the way that I went through, you know, things people said to me, things that I did myself, every message around me from the time that I was even baking in my mother's belly is you are not safe. There are too many things to hurt you. And without anyone saying the words, somehow my system responded to those traumas with that message. And that message has been playing over and over and over again in the background my entire life. And so now that I'm coming into this full realization, so I'm fully realizing and experiencing this, oh my goodness, I'm making all these connections This is where freedom can show up because I'm like, that's still a divinely ordained moment. Even those tragedies, so to speak, even those traumas were still divinely ordained moments because it led me to be someone who pursued healing, who pursued healing for myself, who pursues healing for others, who desires to find truth, who wants to reveal tragedy and and overcome and triumph over those things. It's made me who I am, but I wouldn't have planned it. I wouldn't have chosen it, right? I would not have said, hey, I want to have a traumatic birth. And then I want to grow up, have my four children and have traumatic births trying to bring them into the world, which is what occurred. Mm -hmm. That's not something I would have chosen, but because it's been divinely ordained and because God is faithful and just and he's loving and I can trust what he says and not just what I think or what I've experienced, that helps me to make new meaning of those things. And what that does is opens up the opportunity for those things to now be resolved and healed where I can begin to believe a new message, not a message that I'm not safe, but a message that God is safe and that if he is with me, I too can be safe. Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of difficulty, even in the midst of things that I would not have wished. Of course, I grew up and had physical abuse experiences by the hands of my father. And those things impacted my physical body as well. I was still a young child and went on to then when I got ready to have my children and the first was an emergency C-section, the trauma, the fear that my body responded to, oh no, we're not safe, led to even more of a devastating incident on my body. So after I had all four of my children, all by C-section, two of them being very serious, the first two being very serious um, situations. My body, after I had my son, who's my youngest, went into shutdown mode, total protection mode. And that's when I started to experience 
many of the symptoms that I would endure and have been enduring for the last, you know, 20 years. So much of what I'm beginning to discover is that the more that I tap into and the more that I can fully realize what these experiences that I've had um, have done and how they've impacted me, the more I can see how divine these moments have been because they've all been used to shape me into who I am and for me to bring God maximum glory from the things that I thought were going to destroy me. That's freedom to not be bound by the pain of it, but to choose to accept the the beauty of it, beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, a spirit of, of uh, joy for heaviness. This is, this is the beauty that comes from devastating things. And I'm quoting Isaiah 61 because he is the one who binds up the brokenhearted. It's the spirit of the Lord who is upon me, who has given me this gift and ability. This is how Christ described himself in, in John, where he's opening up the, the scroll and he's reading that passage about him being the one. He said, today in your ears, I'm the one, <laughs> you know, in, in so many words. He's saying you had the scripture has been fulfilled because he's the one who has come to bind up the brokenhearted, to give the beauty for the ashes, to give the oil of joy for the morning and a, a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And that's what freedom does. Freedom says, yes, the heart is broken, but he comes to bind it. You know, freedom says, yes, there's been ashes. That means there's been pain and devastation and grief, but he gives beauty for those ashes. Yes, there is mourning and, 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 and sorrow and, and, and pain, but he gives the oil of joy for that mourning. That's what we receive through Christ. That's where freedom really is. It's in Christ. It's not in us. Mm -hmm. It's not in, um, how much we can understand. Cause it's, you know, I, I, I love to understand and have all the knowledge, but the freedom really comes when we can accept what he has already done and what he is doing. And we no longer try to avoid, um, the pain of what it may be costing us or what we think it might be costing us. So just remembering those physical things that happen to my body, my small newborn, not even born body, put me almost in a state of constant awareness of how unsafe everything is around me. And it's taken all of these years to get to this place of having a desire to be free, to be whole, to be healed, that uncovered that that happened so long ago. That seems like it shouldn't even have had an impact. I don't even remember it. These are stories I've been told. You know, I believe them to be true, but these are stories I've been told. It's not like I have a memory to recall but my body does because my body keeps score. <laughs> According to um, Bessel van der Kolk, who wrote the book, The Body Keeps Score, which I will now um, recommend to our audience because I think it helps you to at least have some understanding of what is occurring. Of course, we have not exhausted all of creation. We do not understand everything that God has done, how he's made us and how we are formed, but he has given um, some insight. There are many people who have uh, studied and researched and investigated and looked into the human body, the human condition. And there are some things that we do know. And I think that that is a monumental book that helps us to understand how trauma tr is trapped in the body. 
but here's the beautiful story. Here's the good news. Here's what makes that realization um, so powerful and meaningful is that all of those things can be overcome. All that trauma can be healed. We can be made free. We can be made whole. And even if we spend the rest of our lives on this side of heaven, walking those things out, the freedom comes in knowing that we have access because it's Christ who gave us that access. So that's what makes me excited, even as I still deal with some symptoms physically and I'm not fully where I would like to be, I do believe that I am healed because that's the promise that we have from the word of God that by his stripes, we were healed. He did the work on the cross. It is not our work to do. It's only for us to believe and accept it. So that's the journey that I'm on now. So I'm not kind of looking forward onto the rest of my life from a standpoint of I uh, looking forward and hope because for so long I've looked back in despair. You know, being a counselor myself, being someone who understands psychoanalysis, there is an element to needing to look back. There is an element to needing to uncover. Absolutely important. But because I've spent most of this time in my healing journey, looking back in despair and devastation, it's prevented me until now to look forward in hope and to look forward in anticipation of what is to come. And I believe that at this stage, I've kind of arrived at there now and I'm looking forward to what else the Lord may reveal, what else he may continue to heal, how else he may use me and what else he may do. And I'm hoping that uh, you can as well begin to look forward in anticipation of what is to come and no longer look back in devastation, but look back um, and find the, the joy, find the oil, um, this garment of praise, you know, to find the beauty, even in tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm really sorry that that happened to you. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm emotional. Don't ever apologize for tears. Okay. <laughs> Never apologize for tears. I know, but sometimes, yeah. you know, they flow easier than other yeah. times. So yeah. I think I just thinking about how important relationships are and such like our family is supposed to be such a safe place and to hear that your family was not a safe place and you know that you were trying to get away from you know from other times that you've shared and stuff that's why i so want to support mothers Mm. in Mm. the role that they have the words that they Mm. speak to their children Mm -hmm. the culture that they create Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i feel like what you and i are talking about as far as you know health and healing and such is so important because we are in this like middle generation that if we can help the generations that have already gone before us see that we're not mad at them for the way they parented us, but there's healing available for them. Yeah. And then also for us in our healingness to spread healing to the ones coming behind us by not allowing those words and uh, beliefs to become so ingrained in them that they get to 40 and they're still dealing with stuff. Yeah. When I was an educator, I wanted to get in on the early years because I thought, 
well, if they have the skills in the early years, then that will help propel them forward for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. Right. So they Mm -hmm. wouldn't have to be struggling, 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 and then have to like fix so much, so to speak. Yes. And we have even more to share in our freedom series. So stay tuned for the next episode where we talk a little more about intergenerational transmission of trauma. The life work for this episode is going to include you taking some time to reflect on whether you are able to or are not able to find that rest, relaxation, if you're like me and someone who has to be more conscious and more aware of my stress response and whether or not you too may have some things in your past that have impacted uh, your stress response system. So take some time to reflect on that and we'll see you for the next part in our series next time. That's it for this episode. If you have been enjoying listening, please consider sharing and subscribing to the podcast. And until next time, remember, you have been set free to live free. So choose freedom. Freedom.